It's a great day to be in the house of the Lord. Had a wonderful time yesterday. Thank Bo and Linda for uh, letting us come to their house and and, uh, and just invade your premises. <laughs> we had a great time yesterday. What a wonderful time. You know, God just blessed us during that time too. And I just want to thank y'all so much for, for doing that. And uh, anyhow, we'll go. We won't. We'll go a little further and just uh, just ask the Lord just to. Just, uh, just your Holy Spirit just fall up, up upon us, and I'm going to ask Sister Maggie if you don't mind when you pray for us. Lord Jesus, we just thank you for coming into your presence this morning. Lord, just open our hearts and our ears to hear your message to us today. Creating us, Lord, a clean heart. Renew our spirit, Lord, yes. and we we'll be exactly what you want us to be, more like you, Lord. Forgive us where we have failed you, Lord. But just pick us up, Lord, dust us off, and put us back on the right path, Father God. May we just obey you in every area of our life. And Lord, may we just pray for the lost, and may we be a light and love people, Lord, the way you love. We ask that in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, just welcome you. Have your way today, Lord, in this service. Amen. You can be seated. Flip back to page 52. Page 52. Let's do the name. We'll sing this and we'll turn it over to Brother Roger. Thank you. 
anything I'd like to share before Brother Roger comes up? Brother Wayne, I'd, I'd like to say that uh, I love this song and I love that last verse. It says, I never <coughs> shall forget the day mm -hmm. when Jesus washed my sins away. Which was right here in this church when I was just a nine-year-old boy. And I, I just uh, felt a little presence of the Spirit when we sung that song, that verse. And I also wanted to share this. Like yesterday, as we just looked around and just seen people together and uh, fellowship and rejoicing, it reminded me of a, an old song that was one of my Grandma Murphy's favorite songs from the Sacred Heart book that said, How pleasant it is to see kindred and friends agree, each in his proper station moved and each fulfilled his part. And everybody was just feeling their part. And how wonderful that was. Thank you, fellas. Anyone else? Brother Roger, you come. This is the day which the Lord has made. Amen. Amen. Let us rejoice and be glad in Yes. Amen. Um, I, along with the others, uh, Bo and Linda, you know, I thought about while we were out there, everybody just was at peace, and having fun, and rejoicing. What if we could go a whole week like that one time? You know, without any conflict, without having trouble at work or trouble with the car or anything, you know, you could just go a whole week with the same feeling that we had, you know, from 4 o'clock on yesterday afternoon. What a wonderful week that would be. And, uh, we could just go to their house every week. Hey. <laughs> 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 we worked my balloon today. <laughs> All in favor of that. <laughs> uh, I'll second that. Uh, before we go into what I'm, I, I want to have a little scripture here in a minute, but uh, just wanted to tell y'all this. Our grandson called us this week, and he's he's asking about some scripture. He said I've had a little trouble figuring this out, and uh, he uh, told us he was going to be helping teach a Sunday school class next Sunday at church. And this is one of our grandsons that we've been asking prayer for, and. Uh, so we told him, if you got time, come on by the house and we'll go over, you know, we'll read the scripture with you and see if we can help you out on it. And his question was, was, was uh, Judas ever forgiven after betraying Christ? But anyway, so he got, came over to the house and, and we went through the scripture with him. And Lance said, uh, Hunter, have you accepted Jesus? And he says, I have. So, that was good news. I want to share it with y'all. Uh, he's teaching the senior Sunday school class over at Mulberry next Sunday, and um, we're going to be there, y'all. <laughs> that. that was a, a prayer answered for us. And um, if y'all would like to turn um, the eighth chapter of Romans, where I'm going to read, and, and y'all have seen me stumble around right up here with trying to figure out why 
in the world, there's such conflict in the world, and, and why some people are so staunchly supportive of something that we consider to be so immoral and so, you know, just out of favor with God. But I, I think I found an answer here. And uh, you read uh, with me here in the 8th chapter of Romans, it says, um, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Jesus Christ, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life is Christ Jesus, uh, in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending me his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For they that are after the flesh do mind things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is, is the enmity against God, for it, has, uh, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then they that are, after the, they that are in the flesh cannot please God. Now that seventh verse, you know, if, like, you, like I said, you see these people so staunchly support stuff that, that we just find incomprehensible. It says in the, in the seventh verse, because the carnal mind is the enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. Those people are separated from God. They are. It, it, it's not, that that uh, uh, carnal mind is not subject to God's laws. It can't be, it says. So, you know, when we look at those people, we have to realize now that, that they are separated from God. We have to, I have to believe that, that they're far from Him. And, and although some of them claim to be Christians, and uh, I just, you know, not judgment at all, but I can't see them. I can't see the evidence of it. So when we see those people um, that we uh, uh, think, we, we just shake our heads and, and, and wonder, how can that be? We, we need to pray for them, that they will find Jesus and that they will accept him. Um, it's really hard to change someone without there being something that, that causes a change. And, and I think a good uh, a, a good acceptance of Jesus Christ, a humble and, and true acceptance of Him, would change a lot of things in our country instantly. But until that happens, uh, it's going to be a struggle for us to uh, to understand that. But uh, that uh, you know that uh, word enmity. It's hard for me to say. Enmity is um, is, a, is a disdain for. It's a uh, a hatred. It's an inner uh, I looked it up. It's uh, several uh, several uh, definitions, but it's basically a, a inward disdain for something. So that's what you know. That's what we're up against. And, uh, it's uh, you know, it, it's a it's a tough place, but uh, our God is big enough to uh, to overcome some things. Anyone got anything you'd like to say this morning? If, let me share one other thing with y'all, if y'all don't mind. 
good thing uh, Elizabeth uh, and Adam are recovering from COVID, so y'all continue to pray for them. But one day last week, one of her 90-something-year-old patients had told her, she said, I've always wanted to ride in a hot air balloon. So Elizabeth knows a lot about hot air balloons, apparently. They go to festivals and stuff, so she found a place close by that had hot air balloon rides. And she got with a lady's family and uh, <coughs> checked with them to see what they would, you know, if they would be interested in, uh, in participating in this. With so she set her up a balloon ride. And, and the lady went, and said she was ecstatic. But they got there, and the wind was blowing, and they couldn't get the balloon to lift. It was laying down. They couldn't, they couldn't get enough uh, heat in it to make it rise. And it was a tethered balloon. I mean, they weren't going to fly across country or something. But it, they were going to go up a good ways. And Elizabeth said they were just about to give up. And said all of a sudden, the wind died, and the balloon just went. It just inflated and stood up, and it had a big cross on it. So... The uh, yep, there we. The lady got her blood ride. The Elizabeth got a call the next morning that she had died. I told her I said, well, maybe she got a little bit above the confusion of this earth, got close enough to see heaven, and decided that's where it would be. Just went on Y'all, I used to she used to bother me when I cried. I had no bother. Y'all just bear with me when I'm doing it. Now. But Elizabeth called her. She would just she would just bawl it. She said, "Daddy, it just breaks my heart." And I said, "Don't let it break your heart, please. She's going home." Oh, maybe she rose up a little bit, got close enough. She said when she was up there, she quoted that uh, that poem. Went, uh, you know, I've uh, broken the bonds of earth and mm -hmm. stuff like that. And I said, this is something you're like quoting that while she's up there. And, uh, mm -hmm. But anyway, uh, anybody got anything you'd like to share with that? Probably got time, I guess. Mm -hmm. All right, Roger. I did want to let the church know that uh, the grief goes on in Ukraine uh, was able to get across the border. So they are there now. Uh, they flew into Poland and went uh, over by land. Uh, most of the, you know, the troops are in the eastern part of Ukraine, but uh, this past week, uh, Russia started launching cruise missiles into the western part near the Polish border. So just continue to pray for them for their safety. But more, well, Dr. Wilson never asked prayer for himself. You know, uh, He asked us to pray for Ukraine. So just pray for them. He was going to go in. Uh, he was going to be able to buy medicine once he got in there. Uh, so he'll be taking care of people. He said there's, there was a, actually last night, there was a wedding planned. Uh, so, someone from the church had, had planned a wedding. So, you know, life goes on uh, amidst a lot of trouble. Yes. Uh, but just continue to pray for them. Dr. Wilson, this is not a first time for him. He's been doing this for many, many years. He's been in several dangerous places, and uh, uh, he's un, uh, apparently unafraid of what the uh, world has out there. He's going to go spread the good news wherever he can. So y'all keep them in mind and keep them in your prayers. I'm very proud that our church played a part in helping with whatever 
his expenses or medicines or how, and I, I appreciate that of our church. We do have that word missionary in the name of our church, don't we? Mm -hmm. so we, we should we should be pleased and honored to be able to help uh, situations like that where we know that our um, our contribution is going to be used in, in a, a good manner. It's not going to be squandered or 90% of it go to administrative cost or something like that and 10% if, if you're lucky gets to the people that need it. So that's a good thing that we've got uh, people that we trust that can do that and they can get it where it needs to be in person. Anyone else? If not, we'll take our classes at this time. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. I don't know if you were like I was this morning. I looked at breakfast and went, oh, I've eaten enough for a week. But uh, I really enjoyed yesterday. I, most of you probably don't know, my nearest family member on my side of the family is in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, and the rest of them's out Montana, Colorado. Now, Maryland has a big family, but I got to be with my whole big family yesterday. My daughter and her family was there, Taylor was there, and the rest of my family. So I got to spend yesterday with my family. What a joy. take offense to that. Immediate family. Either that or I don't claim you, one or the other, Linda. This is a special treat to have all the family here. Yes, it is. But good to be here this morning. In order, before we get started, I'll mention a couple quick things. One, there's sample tiles out in the foyer, because we're going to have to retile that to make everything look good as one piece. And also, uh, Brother Mark's stuff's still up here today. So if you want to look at something or grab something, they do it today, as far as the... Uh, yeah, if you don't mind, I'll bring that up really quick. I was going to say, I'm going to take it up after church today. If you have any questions, you can have an answer for you, or whatever. Good deal, good deal, okay. Now I'll be quiet. Anyone have a word or something this morning? I don't know about you guys, but come cooler weather this fall, I see a catfish dinner. <laughs> we'll see how many french fries we can cook in that big old pot. <laughs> oh. Well, much to our pastor's chagrin, we need to have a grammar lesson to start this morning. Uh, you know, in grammar, they teach us about nouns and verbs. Nouns are what? Now, if you get off on which pronoun to use... No, 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 no. I'm not going that far. And wait till Steve starts. Yeah. A noun is a place and purser thing, right? And a verb is an action word. All right. Well, today's lesson, and if you go to Webster's Dictionary and you look up the word faith, everywhere you find it, it's a noun. But in the scriptures, I'm going to have to disagree and say faith is a verb. Belief is a noun. Faith is a verb. Um, we'll, we'll get to it, but if that was the title of today's lesson, it would be faith is a verb. Okay? All right, we're in the sixth chapter. We need to wrap up a couple things first. I guess about the 17th verse is where we'll pick up. Uh, Noah had been told by the Lord that it was going to flood and that all, uh, how was it put? Anything basically that breathed air through its nose would perish. 
Do you think the plants perished? I don't. They don't breathe through their nose. They photosynthesis, right? I don't think the fish died. They breathe through gills. But anything that breathed air, as we do, perished. And he gave him the dimensions of the ark. Build it really big with three floors. Pitch it within and without. And after verse 16, when he finishes with the details about it, God says, And behold, I, even I, do bring a flood of water upon the earth to destroy all flesh, wherein is the breath of life from under heaven, and everything that is in the earth shall die. But with thee will I establish my covenant. You know, from the very beginning in the Garden of Eden, we see that our God is a God of covenants. Covenant being an agreement. Uh, you, you can take it as a legal document in today's world where, where we're selling a house and I'm going to pay you the money and all that's written up in a document and everybody knows, you'll do this, I'll do this. God is always went into covenants with man, agreements. Uh, we'll see later where he goes into the covenant with uh, Abraham. But here he makes a covenant with Noah. If you'll do your part, you'll stay safe through the flood. You'll, your life will be preserved in all that you have with you. But he made a covenant with Abraham. With Abraham, with Noah, jumping the gun. But he said, with thee... Will I establish my covenant? Why did he pick? Why? Because he saw him as righteous, didn't he? That's why he made an agreement, if you'll have it, let me use that word, with Noah. Because he saw Noah's righteousness. But with thee will I establish my covenant, and thou shalt come into the ark, thou and thy sons and thy wife and thy sons' wives with thee, and I guess we could put it in parentheses, it's kind of accepted to be spared from the flood. And of every living thing, of all flesh, two of every sort shalt thou bring into the ark to keep them alive with thee. They shall be male and female, of fowls after their kind. Yeah, I thought about that, but you know, I guess a bird can only fly so long, can he? thinking about the birds being destroyed they don't they they could land but they couldn't fly for however long the earth was underwater so I guess all birds did perish they had to be saved of fowls and of cattle after their kind of every creeping thing of the kind after his kind my daughter would have never made it in the ark never with every creeping thing that moves she'd have never made it Two of every sort shall come unto thee to keep them alive. And thou shalt take unto thee of all food that is eaten, and thou shalt gather it to thee, and it shall be for food for thee and for them, the animals. And then the key words in this whole lesson today, thus did Noah. God laid this out for him, but Noah still had to build a boat. 
You know, I thought God could have just found a big hill if He'd wanted to and let Noah go up on it. But God always requires something of man, doesn't He? He does. Uh, he saves us, but it's required that we do something. And here, if Noah had a just believed there was going to be a flood, he'd have perished. He'd have perished. But the Scripture over in Hebrew says, by faith, Noah moved with fear and built the ark. His belief, the noun that God was going to do this, became faith when he started hammering the nails and building the boat. If he hadn't have went from belief to faith, he'd have never made it. But the faith was shown when he built the ark. Everybody know the, the story about the fellow with the wheelbarrow? Uh, I got a steel cable going across Niagara Falls. Guy's going to walk across it with a wheelbarrow. Belief is you're going to watch him do it. Faith is you're going to get in the wheelbarrow when he does it, right? Yeah. You know, belief is yes, there's a God. Faith is moving towards him when he calls. Belief is, is knowing there's a church. Faith is putting your life in the church. Faith is always action. If you go to that, they call it the hero's book of faith in Hebrews chapter 11. Every one of those persons you'll find Abraham did. Or Lot. There's always a verb after their name. They're recorded because of their faith, but every time it's tied to an action. By faith, Moses did this. By faith, Abraham did this. It's always faith is shown by action. So I, I'm, I'm settled that in the scriptures and in our world of the church, faith is a verb. God's not going to save anyone no matter how much they believe in Him until they move toward Him. Yeah, he always requires something of man. Yeah. In this covenant, he, God committed to keeping Noah safe, the animals safe, but Noah had to build a boat. Noah had to build a boat. He had, if you, I guess the, maybe not, well, maybe the legs on the prayers. Noah had to put legs on his belief. Let's go that way. He had to put legs on his belief. You know, I believe God will bless my life, but, I, but that turns into faith when I come to church every Sunday. There's, I know a lot of people who are not saved do not understand spending my Sunday mornings every Sunday at church. But I have a belief and a faith that that's where I need to be. That it, it plays out in the long run big time. Yeah. I do. 
I don't know if it was a verbal voice or a vision or a dream, but somehow God communicated to Noah one of those above or all of the above what to do and exactly how to do it. So it's, just, you know, it's hard to, to imagine because now we can, because like, we have the yes. picture. Yeah. And we have, I know God made, you know, the world and I know mm -hmm. that yeah, sure. Back then they didn't have that. No. And it's like, how did, how did he come about that in his mind yeah. and his heart, yeah. you know? Yeah. You know, I heard a message one time on this scripture and the thought was dare to be different. I thought, boy, now Noah dared to be different. He's building a boat in a world that had never rained because God had instructed him to. Yeah. Somebody, That's quite a measure of faith right there. It is a huge measure of faith. Yes. Now he, he's had to have had a life of obedience. Ma'am? He has had to have had a life of obedience up to now. Five, six hundred years worth. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I cannot answer you if it was an audible voice or not. It could, I mean, God can do what he wants to, right? Exactly. Yeah, sure. I just try to imagine yeah. what it was yeah. like in his time of how he came to live so mm -hmm. strong of a faith and obedience. And yeah. yeah. He didn't have what we have. Yes, exactly. You yeah. know? Yeah. Adam and Eve passed their stories down from Not in the daily and the yeah, yeah, agree. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. I think there was a, a difference. That was lost. Yes, there. I agree. So. Yeah. You know, at all time, you know, I, I guess we consider a, an average life, you know, 70, 80 years, mm -hmm. something like that. And, and when that life is gone, that story dies with it. Those stories lived six, seven, eight hundred years back then. I mean, the, the, the generations were longer for the stories to be told to more uh, generations as they began. Yeah. My great, 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 great grandfather did something. I'm going to go ask him about it. Yeah. Yeah. They could do that. Yeah. And now, you know, it's our great, great grandfather. We're lucky to have Yeah. Him. Exactly. You know, yeah. That's just. Yeah. <coughs> you was going to say something. I um, you were talking about. Uh, uh, the faith and, and obedience. And one of my mother's uh, favorite sayings is there, and, and it happens 86 times in the Bible. Uh, like Abraham rose up early in mm -hmm. the morning. Um, Joshua rose up early in the morning. Um, that um, that faith to uh, to to go get up and go about the Father's business with a zeal. And a priority. And a priority. You know, it is it's very, uh, that's, that's my mother's favorite uh, verses out of the Bible was that uh, to have that zeal of yeah. living for God. Even the angels, when they took Lot, Lot out of Sodom, they were like, hurry up, come on, we gotta go, we gotta go. They were in a hurry. 
to get their work assignment done. Yeah. God's business don't wait on us, but... No. No. Thus did Noah, according to all that God commanded him, so did he. He did it, and I think he did it to the very best of his ability to do it just like God told him to. Well, I, like Brother Roger said, God's business doesn't wait. Um, I think that if if the Holy Spirit puts a task on us, you know, that obviously it needs to be done at the Spirit's time. But if we if we drag about doing it, it it's almost saying it's almost like our ties where I'm, I'm going to put this money into play, but I, I'm going to regret it, you know. We're begrudging our time. We're dragging our time. We're dragging our feet about about what we're doing. And uh, well, we're putting we our to... interest above it. Yeah. it's falling yeah. in the pecking order. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, we're going to do what the spirit says, but we we ain't going to like it. Anyone else? All right. Chapter 7, And the Lord said unto Noah, however he said it, <laughs> Come thou, or basically he's saying it's time, Come thou and all thy house into the ark. <gasps> Noah not, not only saved his life, he saved his house's life, didn't he? Yeah. We never read anything if he, as far as his family, their faith level or belief level or anything. This is all because of Noah. And the Lord said unto Noah, Come thou and all thy house into the ark, for thee have I seen righteous before me in this generation. And of every clean beast. Now I got a question. Where did we read about Moses and clean and unclean? We ain't got there yet. Yet there was already a distinction between clean and unclean animals. I just, it's just one of those things that hit me upside the head this week. Wait a minute. How'd they know the difference between clean and unclean animals? I guess Adam had been told by God about clean and unclean animals. Although they didn't eat animals at this time, I don't think they did. Not until after this. But there was already a distinction between clean and unclean animals way back at the heart. Just like, I don't know, maybe we could say there's always been a distinction between good and bad. But uh, it just, just hit me this week. Wait a minute, clean and unclean? That had not happened yet. Of every clean beast thou shalt take to thee by sevens. Wait, I thought it was two of everything. Not what it says here. Of the clean, he took by sevens. The male and his female. So I'm saying that's 14. Am I reading that right? And of beasts that are not clean by two, the male and his female. And now I got to ask why? Mm -hmm. And so it was showing up of Jesus. Yeah, yeah. And then he, you know, by the Spirit, I mean, God told him that this is this why it was acceptable because it was like a 
the full knowledge of what was going to happen. Yeah. Did everybody hear that? Mm -hmm. Okay. He couldn't sacrifice if there was just two of them. Their, their line would come to an end. But here is another real thought. God was already preparing the sacrifice in advance. Yeah. For man. Even way back here. three of fowls, birds, also of the air by sevens, the male and the female, to keep seed alive upon the face of all the earth. Remember all the New Testament they, they offer turtle doves. Yeah. Doesn't sound like man can plead a whole lot of ignorance even way back here, can he? He can't. Even before the law was pinned down, Man knew right and wrong and clean and unclean and yeah. For yet seven days, and I will cause it to rain upon the earth forty days and forty nights, and every living substance that I have made will I destroy from off the face of the earth. So he gave him the one week warning. And here we go again, and Noah did. He didn't just believe it. He did according unto all that the Lord commanded him. And I don't understand the ages and all, but I do believe this is so. He was 600 years old. He had lived a long time. I really think he did. I think he literally lived our roughly 600 years. I think their years was a few days shorter than ours, but close enough we can ballpark the horseshoes and all that good stuff. Yeah, 600 years old. And, you know, and to the critic that would say this is just an, 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 an uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It starts with an A. Uh, analogy. This is just a, a story you kind of grant. No. He said a specific age this man was when the flood came. Yeah. A particular time when Noah was 600 years old when the flood of water was upon the earth. Verse 7, And Noah went in and his sons and his wife and his sons' wives with him into the ark because of the waters of the flood of clean beasts and of beasts that are not clean and of fowls and of everything that creepeth into the earth. There went in two and two unto Noah. I think that's a key word there. I don't think Noah had to go get them. It said they came unto Noah. And I don't think there was I don't think there was any such thing as a wild animal here yet either. I do not. But there came in two and two unto Noah into the ark, the male and the female, as God had commanded Noah. And it came to pass after those seven days. So 
I, the way I read that, it took seven days to fill the ark up. Just logistically, it took seven days to get things ready. Yeah. And it came to pass that for seven days that the waters of the flood were upon the earth in the 600th year of Noah's life. And if we want to get technical about it, in the second month, the 17th day of the month, the same day were all the fountains of the great deep broken up and the windows of heaven were opened and the rain was upon the earth 40 days and 40 nights. Now, we've got to talk about what, what all we think really happened here, this flood. Remember back when we said we felt like when the earth was created, it was in a, what's the word? Bear a chamber, the chamber you put people in to help hyperbarics. them. Hyperbarics. That really hyperbarics were in effect. You had an immense amount of water in the sky that protected the earth from uh, radiation. The dew was so heavy every morning and the barometer was really high. I think all that water came, most of that water came down. I do. And it says the fountains of the deep were broken up. You know, I never really thought about it. You know, we had, you got the four rivers in the Garden of Eden. Where'd that water come from? It didn't rain. It came from those fountains of the deep. And I think here is where plate tectonics started. The continents were separating. You know, I believe it was one landmass to start with. But I believe here is where we see the earth as we see it today geographically. The continents came apart. So all, a lot of the water, that, and you think about that, once you pull the continents apart, then you begin to have flows in the oceans, which started moving things. You know, the jet stream, the, uh, you know, everything from the jet stream to the Gulf Stream, you start having air currents, you start having weather. Uh, everything changed. And because of sin, Man lost his protection from the, a lot of the harmful things that hit the earth from the sun, radiation and such. Yeah, he lost that perfect temperature. Because I want to jump down, if I could, and let me find it. I don't mean to jump ahead, but I'm going to. Because in verse eight, uh, chapter 8, verse 22, it says something else. He's talking to Noah. After all this is over, he says, While the earth remaineth, seed time and harvest and cold and heat and summer and winter, I believe this is where the earth got tilted on its axis as well. And went to Walbalim. Yeah. Before this, I think the earth was perfect. That's why the temperature never changed. But as the earth now wobbles on its center, you start having seasons. Hot, cold, rainy. Jet streams. Jet streams. Uh, gulf water streams. The earth we live in now happened here. Uh, Michael, a, a lot of historians, the, the reason that they feel like the earth is billions of years old, and, and it could be, um, is because of this. They, they look at plate tectonics and Let's say that, um, 
they move this much. If, if they move like a, a half inch a year, um, then for Europa to become the seven continents would take X number of years. <laughs> but it, like my tennis ball analogy, what if God moved them in 40 days or immediately? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I saw a special about the, the art one time and they built a scale model of it and um, took it to the uh, research, the Navy research facility. And, and this, uh, the, the shape of the ark and the size of the ark could have withstood a 300 foot tsunami. And then we go think about the water. Where all that water? You know, all God had to do was take it, if there was such a thing back then as a mountain range and push it down. And all the water comes up. I mean, this is a piece of cake for God. There's an immense amount of water still under the surface of the earth. And above it. And above it. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the blue spring over here in Bluxville where they uh, bottle water, I kind of reading about that spring. And whether this is true or not, I don't know. But they estimate the water coming up daily. It's been in the earth 300 years before it filtered through all the sediment and the sandstone. And to make it back to the surface, and it's a constant 53 degrees when it comes out. And I believe that because I fell into that creek trout fishing when I was a teenager. <laughs> I'm going to tell you what, in July, you get a high. <laughs> that happens. <laughs> that, that water is very cold and there are trout in that creek. Naturally occurring trout. But if, you know, you think about water being in the ground 300 years before it surfaces again. Then it goes into the rain, you know, it rains it back in and 300 years later the, the water that fell today will rise in a spring somewhere. So there's a lot of water down there. That if he opened those mountains up fully, there was a, you know, there's a lot of water coming up out of the ground. It didn't just rain all that much. It rained that much, but it didn't just rain. No, no. There was as much coming up as there was coming down. Yeah, there you go. Now, one connection I want to make here, let's go back a few months till we were in the book of James. What did James say? He said, I'll show you my faith by my works. Yeah. He said, I don't need to tell you. You don't need to tell me. I'll, if you've really got faith as opposed to belief, I'll see it. So he was on target with what he said. Yeah. Same. To me, it's the very same as what James tried to tell us for five chapters. Faith is a verb. Yeah. Anyone else? Well, if not, I look forward to catfishing the fall.